0: Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm PJ Doran and my partner Dave Selecki's got the day off. Enjoy riding, Dave. This week on Pit Pass, we'll be speaking to Dallas Daniels, AFT racer. Moto America, the home of the AMA Superbike Championship featuring 190 mile an hour superbikes, is the official sponsor of Pit Pass Moto. This year we'll have nine rounds of the best racing on two wheels, featuring 190 mile an hour superbikes in the Ono Superbike class. All 20 of those races air live on Fox Sports. King of the Baggers also airing live this season on Fox Sports. The Liqui Moly Junior Cup as well on Fox Sports. Moto America Rewind and Inside Moto America are going to air on Fox Sports as well. Supersport races are going to air live. Again, new for this year on MAV TV, don't miss a minute of the action, practice, qualifying, races, and video on demand with Moto America Live Plus, which is the streaming app that I use whenever I can't be there live. King of the Baggers is returning in 2021 at three rounds. It was a huge success in 2020 when they raced at Laguna, so they've expanded the series. Unbelievable V-twin racing will be at Road Atlanta for the season opener, Road America up in Wisconsin, and again at Laguna Seca. Go to MotoAmerica.com for more info on registration, rules, and tickets for King of the Baggers. First event coming up for Moto America is April 30 through May 2 at the Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. For tickets, check out MotoAmerica.com forward slash tickets, and be sure to follow Moto America on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This past weekend's racing news, we had the first MotoGP event of the year. It was awesome. The MotoGP Circus stopped in Los Sale, that is in Qatar, and it was a banger of a race. First place at the line, Maverick Vinales, the factory Yamaha racer. Behind him closely, Johan Zarco and Francesco Bagnaia on Ducatis. Ducatis led early in the race. They faded a little bit, and then their absolute horsepower advantage showed up. They absolutely reeled in. Unfortunately, reigning champ Johan Mir on the home straight to the line. He got pipped. It was a sad day for him, but a brilliant ride by Johan Mir. Fabio Cortararo on the Yamaha came in fifth. Valentino Rossi, unfortunately, a distant 12th in his first satellite team ride. It was an incredible, again, race. The Ducati's power advantage was early, shown, strong. They had to dial it back to make the race distance on the gas they had. But man, when they turned it on, it was amazing. Yamahas had a clear corner speed advantage. That was also, throughout the race, an amazing uh, race it was. Unfortunately for Honda, they didn't have any bikes in the top five. I'm sure they're going to rebound quickly. Hopefully, Marc Marquez will be able to return to action in the near future. In the Moto2 class, we had Sam Lowe's on top of Remy Gardner. Bringing it home in third was Fabio Di Gianantonio. And we want to say congratulations to both of our American racers. Joe Roberts brought it home in sixth with Cam Bobier on his first outing in Moto2, bringing it home 11th. In GNCC action, we had the Camp Coker Bullets. In XC1 class, Baylor came out on top of Strang, who was followed closely by Ashburn in the XC2 class. We had Girard over Snodgrass and DeLong. That's it for our racing news this past weekend. This week's Pit Pass trivia question is, name the rider that we lead the entire length of the world famous isle man course also how long did it take and what year did that happen we'll be back with that answer after we talk to aft racer dallas daniels Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest-growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous oddsmakers and influencers. Every episode of Double Down with Breslo is packed with insider tips, deeply skilled analysis, and in-depth discussions. Don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting. Listen to Double Down with Breslo on the Evergreen Podcast Network or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Double Down with Breslo, the business of sports betting podcast. Welcome to Pit Pass today, super fast AFT racer, Dallas Daniels, defending champ of the singles class. Thank you for taking the time talking to us today, Dallas. How's it going, man?
1: It's going really good. I appreciate you guys having me on. I always enjoy talking about what I'm doing and letting people know what's going on behind the scenes.
0: Well, Dallas, you are, as I mentioned, the defending AFT singles champ. You got a big old bullseye on your back. How does it feel after uh, some racing this season?
1: I'm not feeling a huge amount of pressure having the number one this year. You know, obviously there is pressure to do well just because uh, I've done so well, but to me, I'm still, you know, I'm still pretty young and I still have a lot to learn in this class and a lot of room to improve. You know, last year was really good, but uh, we also had some uh, tough races last year, not making a main event and some bad finishes. So just want to be really consistent this year, which we started out the first few races pretty good, qualifying good, and being on the front row both nights inside the top five, which is where we belong. So looking forward to going to the next round of TT, which I feel like is uh, suits me pretty well considering I road raced and I did a lot of motocross as a kid, so I'm looking forward to that one.
0: I'm glad you mentioned your road racing. You were uh, not at all talent to be scoffed at on the road race course. Like a few other road racers we know in the AFT pits, formerly, you might have gone directly at road racing for a longer time. You haven't given it up, I can't imagine, have you, Dallas?
1: Oh, no. uh, I mean, I'll always uh, enjoy road racing and I I definitely want to get back into it a little bit more. It it all kind of came to a quick halt after I've, was able to do that race in Qatar with World Superbike. I just, you know, haven't had the time to do much or or get a bike or anything like that. So I, I you know, uh, road racing right now, there just isn't a spot for me or, you know, for a few people, obviously, in the AFT paddock that we've seen. Uh, I have a really awesome ride with Essence and Racing and Yamaha. They've given me a great opportunity. And to be honest, flat track's where, where my heart's at, and that's what I really want to do. And I'll always do road racing, but, you know, I never. I don't really know if I'll be able to do it professionally again. I hope so.
0: Well, that's uh, very wise of you. Clearly, the thought you're putting into your profession, because this is, at the end of the day, a potential profession for a guy like you. You are a professional, and you got to go where there's uh, the best odds of doing what you want to do and doing it well. So cheers to you for doing that. And clearly, again, you, you managed to pull off the, the full season last year. I thought I heard rumors, and were they rumors, Dallas? You could confirm that you were considering doing some production twins work in AFT this year. Is that correct, or is that uh, something that's gone by the wayside?
1: So after last year, they had changed the rule that if you finished top three in the AFT singles championship, as long as you were 17 and finished in the top three in points, you could move to production. Everybody just assumed that I was going to move up, which... To be honest, it was probably would have been a good idea, but I have not had much time on a twin at all. I I think I've rode, you know, I've rode one once, maybe twice. So it was like, for sure, just one time at a Volusia test last year. So, you know, some stuff is still in the works. Um, I can't a hundred percent confirm it right now, but I'm hoping to be on a production twin at some races this year.
0: And that makes perfect sense, Dallas. Yeah. They want to, uh, keep really fast guys from, uh, well, double dippings as it were. I mean, there's not any rules that keep you from competing in both currently, are there?
1: No, there's not. I just we thought as a team it would be, you know, not only cool to be able to run the number 1, but the best idea to get me uh, some more testing before I moved up to the twin.
0: You're sitting third in points right now. Clearly you're it's early days of this of the series. You said we're obviously TT's play to your hand. Are you wanting to uh put a little more effort into other forms, uh, you know, be it miles or half miles or have you fully developed all your skills as far as you see and just it's go race them?
1: I a hundred percent think that I have a lot of work to do on most tracks. Obviously last year I had a lot of success on, you know, banked groove half miles or just, you know, groove half miles. That's where I got most of my wins, you know, William's Grove, Dallas, Atlanta, Charlotte, like they're all kind of basically the same tracks you know, those have kind of always suited me really well from when I was young. I've always had pretty decent throttle control and, you know, Volusia is a banked car track, but it's, uh, it's the track's so fast and especially on four fifties, we're all so close in time. So it's super hard to win there and a uh, hats off to Shana for winning there both days. I know how tough it is just to win one race there. So, you know, I think I want to put a lot of emphasis on my miles. Um, when I was an amateur, I did pretty well actually at the coin was the mile. I my first mile I ever race. So I'm pretty excited to go back there. And then, um, I, I had some good results. I podium Minnesota, my rookie year, but I struggled at Indy last year a little bit. So I want to be able to be up front on the miles. And then, uh, pretty much after that it's groove tracks. And then we go to Peoria and some, and, uh, then we go to Lima and Oklahoma city. So Lima and Oklahoma City, I think might be my my biggest hurdle is just considering we haven't rode much limestone in the past few years. So hopefully we can do some testing for that.
0: Is there a big difference between half miles and miles? As you're mentioning it, you had great luck comparatively at half miles. And to the untrained observer, maybe half miles and miles aren't all that different, particularly in the singles class. I know the, the twins class, you can gather a lot more speed probably on those straightaways. Is there a big difference between the half and the mile?
1: Yeah, I would say so. Just, you know, not so much. I mean, to be honest, it sounds crazy when you say it to say it to the regular person, but uh, the mile track is the easiest track to ride just because even though we're going so fast, everything's such slow motion. You know, on a 450, the racing is really close, but the miles are so much different just because so much strategy comes into play, even on twins, you know, drafting where you want to be on the last lap. Trying to break the draft if you don't want to break the draft, not being side by side, going down a straightaway, being tucked in right to get the best wind, re- you know, have the least wind resistance. And so there's just a, a lot that comes into it. And my road racing experience plays into that because you're drafting so much, especially on our little bikes. So it was like uh, you would think that my mile experience would be a little better than it is, but uh, I definitely need to work on my tuck and drafting and stuff. So I would say they're different just because. There's not really drafting on most half miles. I mean, you could catch a little bit of one, but not really.
0: Gotcha. That makes sense. Drafting uh, absolutely matters when uh, when you're on a mile. No doubt about it. We see the long trains and guys in fourth place going to first at the first corner. So that's I completely get it. Uh, what else about your uh, season are you? Ha- have there been any meaningful changes in the off season that are going to impact this upcoming season?
1: So after having a successful 2020 season, I just you know I was kind of thinking back on the on the year and thinking of where I wanted to improve and there's a lot of things I wanted to wanted to change my program and I started kind of taking my training a little more serious. I actually ended up I hired a trainer about halfway through last year. One of my good buddies, Denny Dooley, who runs Area 83 Rider Development Center, and he's really helped me uh, step up not only my physical how I'm at physically but mentally. He's just uh, helped me a lot there and. You know, just kind of working with the team a little bit more, trying to figure out how I can give them better feedback at the racetrack and how we can be better as a team. And you know, Me and my crew chief, James Hart, we work really well together and I've been working with him since I was about 10, 11 years old. So it's not anything new to us, but uh, we're still just, you know, learning the new bikes and learning how we can be better together and just trying to be better than we were last year.
0: Dallas, you mentioned your age earlier. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. You're 17, currently going on 18 this summer? Yes. Right on. So are you still doing high school?
1: I'm actually just about to graduate probably later in May.
0: And how's school been for you for the last year? We haven't talked about it at all, but I know it changed for everyone, not only the racing world that we talk about every week, but for a high school student, I imagine COVID made uh, quite the change to your senior year.
1: Yeah, I actually get that question a lot. But the funny thing is it didn't change one bit for me. Freshman year of high school, my parents made me go to school. I was still an amateur and they wanted me to experience high school, which obviously looking back now, I'm glad I did. At the time, I just wanted to be homeschool and go racing. So then my sophomore year, I have this deal with my school where I am homeschooling through my high school. So I still have like the same teacher from high school. And, um, you know, I do classes through my school and stuff. So I was doing everything online my sophomore, junior year. And so last year when COVID hit, my school all stayed the same. I was still doing it online. I didn't have to change online. But, uh, you know, my sister, she goes to regular school and it was like she had to be online, like on her computer at eight o'clock and wasn't done till two and had to listen and do PE online. And I just, yeah, I couldn't imagine what it would be like Luckily. I didn't have to do none of that. <laughs> Lucky you, man! You
0: dodged a bullet there. Cause yeah, it's been exactly. it's been odd for kids all over the country, uh, obviously, uh, and hopefully this year we'll see some return to normal. See what are they? What's the feeling in the pits? Are they talking about events uh, without crowds? I know there were some last year that you guys did. Clearly, that's still a possibility this year.
1: Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not too sure about on all of that. I know. I think. COVID's lightened up a little bit from, from what I've seen, you know, they've let the, we obviously had a great crowd there at Volusia and they were a little more lenient, you know, with the fans and stuff, but we still all have to wear a mask in the pits and we're still taking our precautions. So, you know, I'm not sure. It's a, it kind of doesn't really depend on what AFT thinks it depends on what the government and the president does. So uh, we'll just see what this virus does. I'm not too sure about all that.
0: And nor does it matter to a real racer. You're going to go racing. It's (laughs) wonderful to have fans in the stands, obviously, but you guys line up to go get each other and uh, prove who the the boss is at any given moment. Did you get to take part in, or did you go make time to go to bike week at all since you were down there racing or was that a no go cuz i bet you got some friends that were running the 200
1: yeah i had uh, some really good friends actually one of my buddies uh, t callt he was he led the race for a little bit and ended up finishing in the top 10 and you know r- i raced with rocco landers and some of them guys who did it but we were actually racing the same day so unfortunately i wasn't able to watch it i was watching it on my phone at the track before practice started but You know, actually this year, for whatever reason, um, I, you know, we usually go down to the main street and down to the beach and see what's going on at night, but we, uh, we never did, you know, we were kind of, we're all kind of focused on the task at hand. And I just think we were just a little busy. We had a lot of stuff going on and trying to get bikes ready and figure all our stuff out and kind of just all hung out together as a team.
0: Right on. Well, that's what you would expect again from a professional such as yourself, Dallas, as we're nearing the end of our time and in our interview, I wanted to give you every chance to thank any of your sponsors that have helped you go racing this year. Anybody you want to say thank you to?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. There's a, definitely a long list of people I could go on, but I'll, uh, I'll keep it short. I want to, I, first I want to thank Tim Essenson and Tracy Essenson for giving me the opportunity of a lifetime to ride for this great team, not only for myself, but for my family, you know, I race and my dad uh, works for Tim. So We're able to both do what we love and do it together as a family and allowing my mom and sister to be a part of it. Monster Energy, Yamaha, all of our sponsors behind my crew chief teams are Tommy Hayden, Davy Jones, our motor builder, Mike Stoffery builds some incredible engines. I can't wait to see what they uh, look like at these next few races. I think some people are going to be impressed by it. You know, I'd really like to thank my family, my mom and my sister for sticking behind me through this. You know, my mom works endless hours to keep us afloat and my sister doing missing out on uh, regular high school stuff. to Come watch me race sometimes and my grandparents and all my all my family and friends and all my fans. You know, just I've only been professional for two years or whatever now. And the amount of fans and and love I get from people is uh, is awesome. And I can't wait for the future.
0: Well, you've earned all of it, Dallas, I assure you. I remember seeing you on the road racetrack in your early days uh, and at the flat tracks as well. So it's all been earned, I assure you, and we look forward to what the season brings for you, champ. We hope to see you on the podium a bunch more this season. Thanks again for joining us.
1: Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: This week's Pit Pass trivia question was name the rider that wheelied the entire length of the world famous Isle of Man course, and how long did it take and what year did it occur in? The answer is Dougie Lampkin, multi-time world trials champion, did the feat in 2016, and one lap took him one hour and 35 minutes. An impressive wheelie. Way to go, Dougie. In upcoming motorcycle racing news, we will have the Supercross three rounds from Atlanta. Those will be happening April 10, April 13, and April 17. We are nearing the last days of Supercross, so don't miss a beat. It is going to be impressive. We also have upcoming MotoGP from Qatar again. They're doing a doubleheader, same as we saw the Supercross series do. They're going to be at that same circuit in Los this weekend, 4-4. We'll see who comes out on top after the opening gambit by Maverick Vinales. Thank you again to Dallas Daniels for joining us today, and thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you have a moment, please rate and review us. We really appreciate it. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and visit pitpassmoto.com where you can check out our blog. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Hoverson. Chris Bishop, producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. I'm PJ, and we'll see you next week on One Wheel or Two.
1: Hey there, my name is Michael Amanato and
0: this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. Pit Pass F1,
1: a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.